this is Richard Wilson speaking. Um, some people know me as Victor Meldrew, but as far as I'm concerned, Victor Meldrew's dead. And thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of One Foot in the Podcast. With me this week is One Foot Royalty. This is a lady with a very glossy CV full of TV classics she's directed and who continues to thrive as a director today. Highlights of her career include Hepburn, Absolutely Fabulous, The British Empire, Jonathan Creek, Love Soup, The Catherine Tate Show, Gavin and Stacey, New Girl, and the American remakes of BBC Comedy Ghosts and Sky's Trolleyed. But we love this person most for being part of the One Foot in the Grave story from the very, very beginning, all the way through to being director from Endgame into Series 6. Please welcome Chris Gernon. Well, welcome, Chris Gernon. Thank you very much for joining One Foot in the Podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you on. It's a great pleasure to be here, Tom. Thank you for inviting me. It's so nice to have One Foot Royalty on the podcast. You know, where possible, I try and get anyone involved in the show as I can. And, you know, you are my latest guest and I hope it doesn't stop from here because I'd like to interview all of you. But one at a time and here you are it's been a long time since series six of course and uh, you've done several projects since then of course and some of my favorites you know highlights would include Gavin and Stacey, Fools and Horses, Jonathan Creek, British Empire I mean the list is endless how did you get into this line of work I suppose my first question well I mean I guess One Foot in the Grave holds that uh, like a real place in my heart because I was working in radio. I was a PA in radio and back it was back in the days, like many, too many years to kind of remember. Um, I wa- went on an attachment, as the BBC did in those days, over to BBC Comedy. And I got put on a project that was supposed to be Dear John, but Dear John had been postponed for a year and the BBC had received these scripts from David Renwick. I was with Su- uh, Susie Bell amazing producer director and for my first job in television I was the production secretary on the first series of One Foot in the Grave. Wow. And having thought initially I perhaps wasn't television might not be for me I came and saw One Foot in the Grave it was the first time I'd sort of seen how television works definitely the first time I'd seen a director at work and I thought oh yeah 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 that's amazing. what I want to do. Yeah. So you were there from the very beginning in the uh, One Foot in the Grave story. From the the very beginning, yes. And nurtured all the way through to, well, Endgame, I suppose, was the first. Would you count that as the first episode of directing or were you brought in a bit? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I was the production secretary on the first series. I was a production assistant, which is now called Script Supervisor or Continuity, on the fourth series, I think. And then... Also did One Foot in the Algarve as a PA. And then I directed, yeah, Endgame. And then Susie was coming back to do the final series and then um, didn't. And so I was hauled off the show. (laughs) I mean, of course, I mean, you, I think you were the the most trustworthy person to take over Susie's reign because obviously, like I said, you were there from series one, production assistant, PA. What was it like directing One Foot in the Grave? What was the overall feeling you know, what were your, when you see One Foot in the Grave written down on paper or you see it shown on TV, what are your immediate thoughts and memories? Apart from, I presume, happiness, but can you, can you go yeah, into the detail real, about that? Like real happiness, a real, it was where, properly where I, you know, learned how to make television, how television worked, how, how sort of the machinations of it. And then obviously I'd been away for a while. I'd started directing. It wasn't the first thing I directed. I directed a few other things, but. It, I don't know, it was just kind of like going back to something I knew so well, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, because 
I'd sort of been trained partly by Susie. Yeah. Um, David and I were always uh, very, very simtico and um, we had a lot, we, we kind of laugh at a lot of the same things, although I would say I am very, we always say I'm very kind of optimistic and look on the bright side and he is quite pessimistic. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, you know, we balance <laughs> each other out. And Richard, I, I sort of stayed in contact with Richard from the first series. So, oh, really? Yeah, and I think everybody felt comfortable. I mean, David's, David was, you know, David was around a lot. Of course. Well, David was around all the time. So yeah. I think everyone kind of just felt it was it wasn't somebody new coming in to you know try and do anything differently. I just kind of yes. carried on how right, it all been done, really. I mean, you were part of one foot family anyway, so yeah, absolutely. You can be yeah, trusted just to take over and continue. Yeah. How heavily were you involved with the discussions around you know the idea of killing Victor Meldrewoff? Obviously, it's a David's idea, but did you were you all for that, or was it a case of speaking to David yeah. and going, "Are you sure?" No, no, I think, I mean, obviously when I got it, it had all been written and he, you know, that was that, he and he and Richard had discussed it and that yeah. was a given. And actually, you know, I think David quite rightly didn't want the pressure of 10 years later, people going, oh, you know, what you could do is bring that, bring that show back. He was like, well, that's, you know, I'm going to kill him. And then that would stop, stop any, yeah. any of those questions. Is it coming back? Or, you know, is it going to be on? Which I have to say, I get all the time with Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> so maybe I have to kill kill some of them off. But it, I think it's, I sort of think, it, you know, it it had gone on, what, six seasons, quite a few Christmas specials. And I think David was just like, I've, you know, I've I've told all the... Yeah, this, it's, it's perfectly understandable. It's all, it's leaving us wanting some more. There's talk of the stage play. I don't know if you heard of that, um, he's written yes, that. Yes. Of course, he's brought the books. They brought a recent novel out, just uh, you know, for a bit of fun. It's a very, very good read. Had had you always wanted to be a director, or was did that? Did you just go into the world of TV as you know your first job? You didn't really look past that until you learned tricks of the trade and so forth. Yeah, I mean, where I come from, it, there were you know, there's never a sense of this is a job that anybody could do. You know, I come from a working class small village in the north of England and and uh, until I set foot on one foot in the, you know in one foot in the grave on on the on the um on the set I didn't really even know this yeah. was a, that was what a job there to you know to be done but as, as soon as I'd sort of you know saw Susie directing I was like oh yeah 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 I could do that <laughs> what were the differences between how Susie directed and how you feel you directed one foot in particular I know you you I, were, you were molded would, the same yeah, and also it's like you're going into something, you want it to be the same show. Do you know what yep. I mean? And I think that's why I was quite, I didn't do do anything that I tried to do. I didn't try to do anything differently at mm. all. You just kind of want somebody, you don't want somebody to watch a show and go, oh, this 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 director's kind of started doing it in a, in a curious way. You just want it to be the same show. So, uh, and having observed Susie quite direct quite a lot, and also, you know, multicam. It was she. She directed it in, I think, a really brilliant way. So I just kind of wanted to do as much as I could the same. Of course, of course. What was it like directing? Susie do. I perhaps I would have asked myself on various <laughs> times. Susie do. <laughs> yeah. What was it like directing Richard Annette, Doreen, Angus, right. Janine? I mean, I mean, I, they were from the day one when we started it. I, you know, they were all great. I. 
got on with everybody we you know we all got on well it's always an interesting one because you're you know Richard would still turn to me and ask me for, to go you know for a cup of tea because that's what I'd done for <laughs> all the other times that we'd worked together I'd be like okay Richard, and I would always oh. get him a cup of tea um, <laughs> okay. it, it was in a, a lovely, cheeky, isn't it? in a lovely <laughs> no in a very lovely way yeah. um but yeah, they were, you know, they were, there was, everybody was so encouraging and, and just wanted me, to, you know, everybody just wanted you, wants you to do well, I think, That's in nice. life. I, you know, you don't, you don't set people up to sort of fail. You, everybody was very keen that it all was as straightforward from their point of view. Okay. You know, I wasn't dealing with any divas or, or tricky actors or no. people, you know, and, and like I said, you know, David was a great, he was there all the time, so he could always answer all the really tricky questions. David sends his love, by the way. Obviously, I mentioned that you were coming onto the show. He's very, very pleased for me. So, yeah. 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 His... And in fact, you... Richard sends his love because I, uh, sp- I, he called, I spoke to him last night because yeah. I, I was watching the show and I texted him. Right. And he rang me back and I said I was doing this. He said, oh, Tom, yes. Well, that's very nice of him. I know I've, I've been very lucky I'm, I'm still working on some of the others but um I, I can't complain can I I've had main star writer director there's it's not much I've just been very lucky so it's, it's an absolute honor to have you all on it, yeah you have to pinch yourself really to start off as a little podcast you know just reviewing episodes in a geeky way and uh, got some very loyal listeners and built some good friendships along the way but having guests on, you know, who involved with One Foot in the Grave and TV in general is is um, an added bonus, and it's uh, it's wonderful. With any sort of what are the typical challenges a director might face out of interest, and how how is I've always wanted to know the main differences between a producer and a director. In your words, well, how would you describe those differences? I feel like I'm mean, interviewing you. Yeah, no, that's a that's that's a very good question. I don't. I mean, nowadays, I mean, a lot of the time. Back when comedies were first on, they would producer and director were one, so they would, yeah. would just have the producer director. But the producer is is kind of oversees the whole thing, you know, hires often the director, you know, budgets all of that, locate, shoot, you know, kind of has a big overseeing mm. view. And the, as a director, I kind of take a script on, on a page and yeah. visualize it and put it on screen. And so, again, it's very important that you're working with people in, who all want, you know, have the same end view and, you know, but producers, it, it's not just about coming on, you know, making sure it all happens, but it is a big part of it is is making sure you don't get sidetracked. And, of and course, yeah. And, you know, you haven't got the shot, but you've got to move on. So the challenges, I mean, they're, you know, just... It's hard shooting multicam. I mean, sitcoms are, 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 a, are a really challenging beast. And David writes, you know, he doesn't... In fact, I watched the first episode of the season, which I'd kind of... Of the series, which I'd... Forgive me, I'm working in America, so I... That's all right. I start well, you've done, you've done New Girl, haven't you? So done, they talk... Yeah, I have done some New Girls, yeah. Um but uh, and there was just so much in it. There was dog, dogs lost a voice. There was a brothel under a Chinese restaurant, which I completely <laughs> forgotten. With a lift that went in from a toilet. I mean, it was like it was some wacky. Like, there's some wacky things in series yeah, six. Absolutely. I mean, is it accurate to see had your personal touch on series six since you directed it? Can you recall a significant scene or episode in series six or Endgame where you not changed something up a bit? Obviously, 
the, the the dialogue is there, but can you think of anything that you thought I changed that bit and that scene became something different? Can you think of anything to stop you? Put you on the spot, of course. Yeah, you put me on the spot <laughs> and you asked me something that was as we discussed it. Twenty two like, years ago, yeah. Years ago. Um and we can, we can come back watching, to it. Yeah, watching it last night, watching it, I was like, I'd forgotten so much that was in there. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I think I mean, the joy of David's writing, and I've worked with David on, 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 on other shows as well, is it's everything's there. Do you know what I mean? You kind of just want to take it off the page and put it on the screen. And he does write in an incredibly visual way, and he'll often write describing places. You know, oh, where, where are we going to shoot this? This is somewhere you've been. It's so specific. And he'd be like, oh, no, I've never been. This isn't a, a place, and you have to then is find that, somewhere that <laughs> works Is that something... Everything. A director needs to come up with, or is the writer expected to actually properly describe scene by scene, ideally? No, no, no. not at okay. all. I mean, and sometimes you don't. You know, it's like you're in something, you go, "Oh, well, actually, could maybe this would work really well if it was outdoors instead of indoor. Maybe we could put this onto location." Or lots of the time, you come in a lot of visual, and some writers are more visual than others, and some, you know, wouldn't specify anything, and others are very, "Oh, well, that's not how a story is at all." So it's kind of yeah. figuring all that out really before you start shooting yes. it. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll have to think about it because I don't, you know, I, it's so such a long time ago. I'm it's a long, it is a long time yeah. ago. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's there's so many key moments from, from you know, Endgame onwards. Have you got a particular favourite episode you directed? And if so, what was that reason? Uh, I quite liked the last, the, the very last episode. I think it was real start of, David's I mean he's always very comedy tragedy um having just recently watched that very last episode um it's quite dramatic there's so much drama in it and and you know Victor dying and there's a there's a nobody turns up for the reunion I mean it was (laughs) pretty hardcore it's really it's really it's really sad yeah I mean it it hits you from scene one of I've had this conversation several times, but that first scene with Margaret on the telephone, yeah. and you know, she just announces Victor's been dead for a few months, and you go, "Blimey!" You know, yeah. I've got to start mourning his death right now throughout the episode, and it's yeah. not. Yeah. I don't. It's not really played out chrono- in chronological order. It sort of skips. You know, you go you go back seven weeks in the past, then a few weeks into the future, and it's so well written and directed, blowing smoke up your behind, but in, in the respect that. You almost forget he's di- he's going to die because yeah. you're sort of living in the moment. Um, but it's really it's a really sad finale, but it's really well done. And um, and I'd forgotten and having again just saying watching last night, I'd forgotten Joe Scanlon was in it. Yes, she's gone on, times. and that what that was just one of the David's brilliant <laughs> visual pieces where she's on the phone and he's running up and down the stairs and those sort of things. You sort of and that is when you direct comedy, you've got to kind of figure out the funniest way which is both of them in the shot at the same time so he's in the background running up and down this I was literally laughing out loud and actually when, it's when you it's when you don't see him skip down the stairs and you just hear, hear yeah. him tumbling to the bottom <laughs> <You> hear, <yeah. laughs> that's one of that's one of my highlights yeah also I and I watched the first episode I watched the first two episodes and then the last episode and the first episode when um Angus is at the laughter clinic Yes, execution You can very clearly hear me and David. We are the laughers in that laughing clinic. I, I did not know that. I'd have to replay no, that. I, I'd that, forgotten that. That's is that me. a um, 
a one for the podcast exclusive, then we can hear your laugh. You obviously you're you're in uh, on set, aren't you? In the final episode when you're directing I a am. Christmas commercial. I am. Yes. You, yes. You get livid at Victor for removing the yeah. uh, fake snow and stuff. Watching watching those rushes and and asking why nobody had told me how wooden I am. I was like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, because of course you can't you know see what you're doing. Um, but yes, that was, and that, again, that, that episode, the brilliant plotting of David, where you, you know, that musical number at the end, where you kind of see all the things. And I imagine watching that, and of course, I never had the, the thing of watching something without knowing what's happening. Yeah. Must be the first time you people watch that, it must feel slightly expositional, because he's describing so many things that you don't see. And I'm thinking, God, this must be really weird if you don't know that they're going to come at the end, and because you, because one of the great elements of the show is hearing about little stories that Victor, or like maybe Victor's reading an article in the newspaper, or just a um, anecdote told by Gene Warboys, and it's just funny hearing it, and you don't need to see it play out. But we obviously do see that montage right at yeah. the end with the Traveling Wilburys playing. And you think, oh yeah, you mentioned about getting his head stuck in the sunroof of his yeah. cousin. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the um yeah. syringe in his in his buttocks and uh not in not in Victor's, of course, but into the thug. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it's an inch. I mean, I just sort of wonder when people watch that, whether you feel a little bit cheated at the time when you're going, Oh, that, that might have been funny to see, but then without knowing that you're gonna see it at the end. If you what you know, do you know what I mean? If you watch it, well, I suppose you watched it not knowing. No, I mean, I was. I remember what I remember very clearly. The first, when I think back to the episode, I do think about the big uproar with "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?" airing there mm. first minute, which I think is just that that annoyed me. But I knew I was always going to watch "One from the Grave" yeah. easily. It still, it still sits with me that feeling of that gut wrenching feeling that um, I knew he was going to be killed off. That was no secret. And of course, David spoke about how the Daily Express got hold of how he was going to be killed, but I. Thankfully, social media was, wasn't prominent then with social media. So I, no one, I didn't know how he was going to get killed. Um, it was just from a, that, that particular newspaper, which I know he was furious. Were you was, around David at the time when he was? Indeed, I was, yes. Well, I yeah. bet you. I think, I, he, bet... He rang, I think he rang and yelled at someone, which I think he was incredibly, like, in high, you know, he was like, I think he might have sent flowers to somebody at the Daily Express. Because <laughs> it was yeah. but just, like, heartbreaking when you try oh, of to... Course. You know, imagine if totally I mean, it's great that you, but that that you know that that comes out of the blue. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. have a hope in hell's chance now. Well, actually, I suppose you do. You never quite know who's gonna who's. The no, kid. this is true. This is true. So, um, I think because it's a comedy, it, it it feels less. I remember when we shot one of the one of the Christmas specials, and there was a gravestone with Mel Victor Mel. Yes, I don't remember the plot, but I remember there was a. The Wisdom of the Witch, where Margaret's at the grave. Yes, I was, yeah. I, I was a PA on that, yeah. And I think there were, there were, that was packed, and that the, um, that he was, he was dead. Yeah. That that could have been the final episode, I I hear, because it, the way the story is played out, and Victor Meldrew saving Patrick's life from Bill Daniels' character Melvin, and he jumps out the window, potentially killing himself, and of course yeah. he survives it. I, I I don't know if that was an official thing, official line that because that was the final of the three specials before series. No, Endgame of course was the did Endgame follow? 
Yeah, oh, Endgame. Yeah. I mean, Endgame was you're, the first one I directed. Yeah. Witch of, the, of the Witch was the last one I was a PA on. How, um, ama- how amazing was the scene, though, in Endgame where Margaret's on her deathbed. We've got Victor, that incredible close-up of Victor's eyes, and he's just gazing, really, thinking about the good times. And we see, again, a montage of all their moments throughout the series to the sound of the life support machine beeping, just one tone one pitch and you think oh my god that's it and that's the first episode i watched live as a as a young lad i must have been 10 or 11 it's like i I, I was already into one thing the grace was absolutely gutted and of course you go from complete sorrow and misery to a nurse coming in kicking the uh, (laughs) and how just incredible that was just really moving but then you just absolutely relieved all the same it's just that's just the magic of one foot i suppose isn't it comedy and tragedy interlinked yeah. and that's what david is brilliant at that you're laughing one minute then you're crying and then you're you know yeah you're, i remember when um uh, ronnie hung himself in a game of happy families oh Mil- I, Mil- mildred hung herself didn't she mildred sorry not yes. yeah but I, I know Good job bit, you're here tom <laughs> yeah back at, but mildred hanging herself is just completely unexpected you know, behind the curtains and um i think that was an interesting one as well because there was a you know there were some complaints about it um, and it was, you know, referred to the, the play, but we, and in, of course, in the, when we shot it in the studio, there was some laughter on, on it, more nervous laughter than fun, yeah. fun laughter, but we took all the laughter off it. And I think that's what helped that, you know, it was, they didn't find against us, um, because we didn't treat it as a joke. Well, this you is the thing, I mean? presumably it's not. David's writing that you don't, you can go from a joke to, a, yeah. you know, something. It's real life. Yes, it's real life. Sadly, it, it happens yeah. and it highlights that throughout the series, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've only got to look yeah. at Mr. Foskett. I also do remember just going back to the Wisdom of the Witch, where Phil Daniels comes through the wind, where they come through the wind the window, which of course was a visual effect. We would, I remember, everyone was just set up to shoot it, and the window just went. The whole thing just went. <laughs> oh no! Everyone just was like, okay. <laughs> and then there was a tea break, or quite an extended tea break, while they had to do oh, it. Oh, I all bet. Okay. Yeah. That was all a set. That wasn't. That was all a set, I presume, because obviously, set, external, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that bit of it was a set. I don't know whether some of it was a set and some of it was real, but certainly, actually, maybe I think we might have done it on location. Do you remember working with Richard Drew on series four? I've had Richard Drew on the podcast, art director. Drew, art director. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Richard, yeah, art director, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's been on, has he? Brilliant. He has. Yeah, he was. He gave a good insight into. Uh, a day in the life of a, an art director. He sent, sent on some memorabilia to me, which was really kind of him, like a one foot in the grave studio ticket. Um, some of the plans, I can't oh, think of the technical it? terms for uh, sketches really of, of, of the set. Yeah. He, yeah. he designed, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating insight. I was going to ask you a question. You're not obliged to say one foot in the grave, but what work are you most proud of, you know, <laughs> in your career to date? We can we can assume one from the grave is, is a highlight, of course, but you've been, you've, you've been involved in, in some of my other favorite shows, Jonathan Creek, of course. Fools and Horses. Yeah. But well, Fools and Horses, I've never, I've never directed Fools and Horses. I was pro- like... A production, well, it's a production assistant. Yes, production yeah. assistant on one of them, I think. Apparently I, I don't free, really free. feel like I did a lot on one on, on Fools and Horses. You, know, you don't want to take any credit. I think he's, he's, he's credited for two episodes. Three men, a yeah. woman and a baby, and he ain't heavy, he's my yeah, uncle. Yeah, I think somebody went ill and I went went and took he's, over like the studios. Okay studios it doesn't it's not a show I've I've 
feel any ownership of whatsoever. In fact, until you mentioned that, I'd actually forgotten that I'd done that. <laughs> very, very modest of you. <laughs> well, Jonathan Creek is my other favourite TV show. Ah, David Renwick. You have to also, do a podcast for that next. There, there is already a few Jonathan Creek podcasts, and they're very good. So yeah. I, I do recommend them. Nobody's um, invited me on those, though, Tom. <laughs> well, they should do. Blimey. I mean, they. I mean, what's but, going on? <laughs> But, you know, Gavin and Stacey, I mean, you've directed the whole of Gavin and Stacey, which is a smash hit, really, in the last 15 years. You can also do a Gavin and Stacey podcast. There <laughs> must, so be, there must be a podcast for Gavin and Stacey. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked. Working with James Gordon and Ruth Jones then, how was that a totally different feel? You know, each each project you carry out, I imagine, yeah, and, and, and I, Yeah, 100%. And also, I mean, I loved my time on One Foot in the Grave, but it was quite early in my career. And yep. I feel, you know, I'm, I'm probably a much better director now than I was then. And well, insofar as you get better, the longer you do something. And I've got another 22 years <laughs> under my belt. But um, yeah, and, and also, I mean, Gavin and Stacey was single cam. So that's yep. also very different to shooting a multicam. Although I love doing multicams. There's not enough multicams made these days in my book. I'm going to do a multicam if any writers are out there want to write a multicam. That's officially, um, that's, an, that's official. Have you ever dabbled into script writing? Never, no. Have I mean, you, I've, had... you know, I've written a few jokes, I've tweaked some bits and pieces with a, you know, with a writer, not, I'm, I'm actually very um, respectful of all the text. So, you yeah. know, like, but yes, you can see, oh, that might be quite a funny joke or yeah. pitch, pitch the odd bits and pieces, but. In rehearsals, okay. you know, I love, we do, you know, I love doing rehearsals and stuff, but no, I'm not, uh, uh, I could never rip my own show. Can't ever see that happening. That's, that's understandable. What I'll do is... What I know. <laughs> well, you, what you know is, you know, that you're an expert in your field. So do you feel like you're developing all the time? with Because obviously Ghost, is it Ghost your most recent project that's my been most aired? Recent- Project that's been aired, yes, yeah, but not the not the British one, the American one. I've never done the British one, although I know Matt Bainton. Uh, but yeah, that was, and that's. I mean, do, directing American shows, unless you shoot the pilot, and then which I did on Speechless and did three years as the producing director on that. But dipping in and doing a couple of episodes of, uh, is 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 quite a fun thing to do. You've got not a lot of responsibility. Kind Amazing. of go in and make the same show. Yeah. What does it take for someone to go into directing? Obviously, you have to start at the bottom and, you know, you're doing your PA roles, your production assistant roles. But is it is it more about personality over technical ability, would you say? I feel like, again, Um, I feel like I'm interviewing you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wow. I'm very curious. Well, I think I mean, I think it's probably a lot of bit of everything. It's like I see I read thing. I read and I see it in my head how in pictures. So yeah. I don't know how it works for other directors, but that's for me is like, but as a technical though, I'm not the kind of director that goes, you know, right, we'll, you know, put on the, put the lamp, you know, put a light over there and, and you know, we'll, we'll go fast. Which I'm not a tech, you know, I just go, I'm very, I think I'm very good at blocking because I started in multicam and multicam is yeah. all about blocking because obviously you're shooting four or five or indeed on one foot in the grave, six cameras. So I think that's always quite a helpful thing to be able to do and means that you can get through stuff quite quickly if you understand yeah. blocking and, and how you can not have to 
shoot 360 degrees if you don't have to. How you direct this one from the grave? Do you do you bring your particular niche style from one from the grave onwards to projects in the last no, 20 years? Not, not really. I mean, only if, if I was doing a multicam, absolutely. Yeah. Which is not be too cutty. I'm, you know, one foot in a grave is not cutty, was not a cut. I mean, because of probably no shows were cutty when they, you know, they started. But um, just letting jokes and just letting jokes play out. You know what I mean? I, I like nothing more than watching two people in a frame being funny. Yeah. One, I, that, that was a cl- classic example of Richard running up and down, the Victor running up and down the stairs when the nurse, Joe, is in front on the, you know, you think she's talking to him. And you can see exactly what's happening, and you've got two very funny people being they, doing what they do. They did a lot of that in Wolf in the Grave, where Victor be in one room, Margaret be in the other, and yeah. sometimes just yeah. hearing the voice of one of the two, and you can't see them, but them yes. and seeing the other person in shot was yeah. really funny as well. And indeed, um, the the episode we did that was in the power car. That to oh, this day, Richard, yeah. and to this day, Richard will tell insist that it was too dark, and I will insist that it wasn't. <laughs> going well, it's a power cut. You're not supposed to be able to see anyone. He was like, "But you couldn't see me." And I mean, you don't need to see. Him. That's the joy of Richard. Oh, these one, those one scene episodes are yeah. just magic. They have one every series, don't they? Yeah. Um, they, well, I do, yeah, they're 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 challenging to shoot, obviously, but they are you know they're great and they're the you know the actors is just so good that you don't ever so, worry and then and the, you know thinking about outside of the main cast have you got a favorite actor actress who made that one-off appearance whether you got brian murphy anna gordon was great i thought and just watching the episode again i thought she was absolutely phenomenal she did she did all the dramatic you know she she was so warm and then suddenly mm. it all got a bit dark and chilling um, Angus, I loved working with. Angus and Janine were great fun. Oh, a little fact for you. Obviously, I said at the start of the podcast, I'm from the Bath area. That is where Patrick himself says he and Pippa travelled up from Bath in a 12-hour traffic jam. So I was thinking, oh, that's a little bit of a brief insight into Patrick and Pippa's world. They're from Bath. They moved up to... Now, I don't know if Riverbank is supposed to be in Bournemouth. I know it's where it's filmed in, in that part of England. I, but I'm afraid I can't help can't you me. there. I'm I was going to say... No not, no, not that I can't tell you. I have no idea where it's set. Fictional, just you can make it up. A fictional, a fictional place. I think it's like everywhere, really. Yeah. And it was quite interesting in the last episode because I went, oh, my God, that's clearly London. And then, oh, yeah, of course, you went to London to, to go to the thing. Going, that looks very weird when he's walking into that pub. And I'm like... Well, I'm making no, I'm making no nod that, to hide the fact it's that's, London, but then that's very comes true. Out, yeah, goes into the station. So that was, I was very relieved to see that. I hadn't just messed that up. Well, no, we, um, me and a couple of friends, Simon and Darren, they've they've been on the podcast a few times, and um, we did a one foot in the grave tour, and we went to, you know, Victor's graveside, if you like, on the side of the road, and had a nice meal at that pub. Um, I oh, think yeah. I believe Richard spent many many. Uh, not many hours, but I think he was get, probably getting get quite cold and wet filming that scene. I think we he, may to... had, uh, he may have had he may have had some refreshments before he I'm had to. Sure he, for, I'm uh, sure he would have needed a. I'm not very. Of... He didn't have to lie in a gutter for very long. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I tell you what. One of the things I did really enjoy doing was when he went into the back of the car that ended up on the back of the low loader. 
Oh, that is that, that was a that was a really fun thing to shoot because that was kind of figuring out the shot and how you would come out and 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 see that he's on the motorway oh, in the back of a car. Any sitcoms or comedy films you you admire in recent years? Do you think since One from the Grave? Oh yeah, now there's are you a, a big comedy fan? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love I love comedy. Um, Oh no, this is always the thing, isn't it? You go, what what comedies have you been watching recently that you've enjoyed? I really like Arm is Not Normal. Thought okay. that was great. I mean, I I think out and out funny comedies, there's a, there's not enough of them. I think yeah. a lot of comedies, I watch a lot of comedies now and I'm like, oh, they've forgotten to put jokes in them. <laughs> They're sort of smart, you know, wryly amusing. Yeah. But I was literally, you know, some of the stuff that David came, you know, you, I was holding my not holding my side laughing but do you know what I mean you know proper proper laugh out loud la- loud laughing and I think it's a shame flea bag I loved I was a big yeah. flea bag I mean it's a again it's it's um it's a long time past but it's post one foot and um, I mean I think the royal family was um a big oh, that's fantastic a big love that I yeah I mean that was to me the start of the sort of the single cam comedies yeah. really but yeah anything with with good you know jokes and so it's actually fascinating watching David's plotting and how even particularly you know, never more more so than the last episode where you you know the end you sort of start the end and you can work your way back yes uh, actually with all the other episodes there's you know everything is is kind of paid off with the that's very that's very true yeah I mean with Gavin and Stacey we were treated to a special a few years ago you can't obviously reveal something, but is there? There's one in the in the works right now. Are you working on that? No, I'm not. I'm not. There isn't, and I'm not. Is there I not mean, a special that's no, coming back? It's, it's just speculation. Not, it's speculation. There's I no, can, there's no exclusive from you. I'm not even saying I can't. I can't tell you. I'm saying I am. I am very much not involved with doing anything, and I'm. You know, I'm not saying it would never happen. No. It's just not happening at the moment. That's a shame. No. It's... Like I said, that's going back to when David was always being, you know, like killing Victor means he never has to have this. He never had to have this. Are you going to bring Victor back? Is there quite a world of difference between directing a TV series versus stage directing? I've never stage directed. Okay. So I, I imagine there is a big difference. Yeah, ways, I or... imagine there's, it's directing a multicam is more similar to there's more similarities in stage directing than directing single cam because yeah. you are effectively presenting it as a half hour play. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to watch any recordings, but you know, you start at the beginning and you go through it and you've got pretty much two and a half hours to get it done. What's the first thing you're, you're looking for when you're presented with a script? Um, Another interview if, question if then. If it's a comedy, yeah, if it's a comedy, it, it, ideally then it makes me laugh. Yeah. But it's, be, you know, things I believe in, although I've done yeah. comedies that aren't particularly believable. But yeah, funny and well-written. Yeah. And, and things that appeal, you know, to me might not appeal to somebody else. But of course. the joy of comedy. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean... People, people are so... Appe- and, I, and I actually love it. People will go, oh, you know... I was, I remember I was at a funeral once and somebody said, oh, what have you been up to? And I named the show I'd just done. They went, oh, yeah, that was terrible, wasn't it? Oh, and my I'm goodness. Like, Brutally honest. Was it terrible? <laughs> I mean, it might not have been one of my, you know, the greatest one. But it's like, but people love, passionately love or hate things. 
And I actually, I kind of like that, right? You know, I, I love, I'd rather it elicited a sort of passionate hatred than a sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. it's all right. One from the Grave is just one of the great sitcoms, though, without yes. a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I would um, agree 100%. And one of the greatest protagonists, I think. Oh, I think just... Victor Mel. In fact, the reason I texted Rick was I just texted Richard going, he's so good in it. He's, he's so funny. Plus, he's also one of them actors that properly eats. I don't know if you've ever noticed actors. Oh, putting yeah, they often play with their food and stuff, but he's actually eating. That's, that's not, I'm, I'm forever <laughs> going, oh, oh, no, come on, eat. And it's hard getting people to eat. You're forever going, please eat, please eat. And people are like, because they know if you eat, you're going to have to eat on there was a, a, 20 a, a, Episode Tales of Terror, when Nick Sweeney's trying to persuade Victor to take part in a, one of his stage shows horror stage shows for the over 80s group or whatever it is i can't remember yeah. and, and victor's eating a sausage or something and he just takes a massive bite out of it to indicate he, he could play the, the vampire part or whatever it was I like, he clearly yeah. is eating there he's just, yeah so. oh yeah he 100 eats i mean he you know he's a that's what he does yes <laughs> he was eating breakfast in in that might have even been the tales of terror uh and, is that uh, oh, excellent eating is there any of these these little nuggets I actually love hearing about? Is there any of the superstitious actors from One from the Grave? Did they have a little routine or ritual before going onto the set in front of the studio audience or anything you can think of? Not that I was Not aware really. of, no. No. And was Annette the more <laughs> serious actor? Annette was, she was, I mean, because, you know, they it's not like any of them didn't take it seriously. And, and Annette has got such a brilliant mischievous streak in her. And she was great. You know, she was very good at winding me up. Not winding me up, but, you know, I was, you're not being serious. I'm like, <laughs> uh, and she's huge fun. And, yes. um, but yeah, I mean, she perhaps is, well, no, she's, I mean, I think everybody really enjoyed what they were doing, but took it incredibly seriously. Because, you know, doing a multicam is very, you know, you can't go on there that you, you and not know what you're doing because you're you've got a, an audience full of people. Yes, no, that's so that kind of a brilliant combination between television and yeah. theatre, but being very much not theatre and being very much television. But they're just such a great cast. With 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 the final episode, I've asked this question to pretty much every guest I've had on. So it's a million dollar question. There's no answer to it because David himself doesn't know. But as a fan. Yes, she did. Yes, definitely. She did. 100%. You knew what I was going to ask, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because... Uh, well, I'm I think sure. David was always like, let's keep... It's very... She didn't she? Annette, absolutely no... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely she did. So I'm going with Annette because that's what she was... So are you saying she killed well, her or just yes, did some I'm damage? Saying, I'm saying she killed her. <laughs> Is that by... Uh, overdosing on the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that would have killed her, but who knows how many she put in. It, it does mean if, if you ever did a, a spin-off with just Margaret, that murder that's taken place, she's inside, isn't she? Or she's, she's what, a 70-year-old woman? So she's probably, in, you know, doing bird, isn't she? Possibly, or maybe she got away with it. But actually, now you've said it about the fact, she probably would have had to have drugged her and then bludgeoned her to death, wouldn't she? Yes. I don't think paracetamol alone would have killed her. There was only a couple that went into that orange squash. Yeah, so. We only saw a couple go in. And we saw that, that could have been the last two. She could have put oh. the rest of the pocket. In my world, she put the rest of the packet in before those last two. She did She did, She did. did say she She swears she will kill the bastard that... Yeah. Right. And I think Annette was never always like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, she killed her. 
Okay, that's, that's interesting to get her her take on it. Um, it's just so amazing how it's just left open because I remember watching that. Thing, what she must have killed. What what's her, that yeah. look she gives in the car as she drives off? Yeah, like it. I said no. It's either one one that she's. It's either the look to say, "How can I forgive this woman?" and I might have to go back and finish the job off, or it's I've just killed this woman and I've. You know, she didn't look out of breath. I don't know. One could read yeah. into. You don't what, know how long, how long after it. How long she been there? This is it. Yeah. And then, and then that's very true, and that leads back onto the brilliant speech that the priest gives. Yes. Who you know? Well, maybe she has come found some sort of forgiveness. Yeah, but no, I, I always remember an act. Oh no! Oh no! Absolutely killed. So I'm like, oh well, there we go. That's <laughs> I, what happened. <laughs> I just, I, I always equally like to speculate whether Glynis had any intention of telling Mark. She said she was going to, but only because she was cornered. She got found out. I imagine that becomes harder the more you get to know somebody, doesn't it? So I imagine mm. initially she would have probably gone to make to get to know her with the intention and then you become friends and then you're never going to do it, are you? There's, there's something about um, Hannah Gordon's close-up shot of her in the car when she's recalling the night that she's driving through the stormy weather and that she, you know her husband was going to die any day soon. And she had an absolute look of horror in her face and that quite frightening. Just that, and it's obviously the music plays its part. And there's a lot of that in Jonathan Creek. I used to get a little bit freaked out when Jonathan Creek, and moved on to Creek now, he would he would recount how <laughs> how a this will be the last at the, the end of your one foot in the grave podcast and getting the Jonathan Creek new Jonathan Creek podcast. You can see so much when I first discovered David had written Jonathan Creek. So I thought, wow, it's just it's a talented guy. But it's this you do get the same kind of feeling with certain eerie moments in Jonathan Creek and One Foot in the Grave. But that one of ha- of Hannah Gordon's close up shot in that final it's quite haunting because she just looks face like thunder literally drive as she's driving through thunder just so well done for a finale there's, there's not really any sitcoms out there that have had that kind of finale kin- killing off a main character oh no it and was. that's what makes people look back at one from the grave and think wow that is that is some show there's two or three sitcoms i sort of align with one from the grave one that just stands out it's just that much different it's the drama element i suppose and yeah. that comes that does come with the direction and the great acting as well just wonderful and if david's ever persuaded to do a stage play then he i would hope he you're the first person he thinks of to, to, to <laughs> direct it you might need a stage director but yeah you might do to be, be fair but if we know how i'm getting your input you know but of the, course, Richard and Richard himself is a is a very he is a state, state director. He, he is, state yeah. Um, dear Richard, yeah. it's yeah. so weird having you know someone like that keeping contact with me every so often. It's just like wow. Well, just... Imagine me. I I was feel exactly the same. Like from going my first job in television, and I was a massive. I cannot state this enough. I was a massive tutti frutti fan. Yeah. His Eddie Eddie Clark. I was like, oh my god, it's Eddie Clark. And so the first few times I met him, I could barely speak to him. Oh, I bet. And then we, you know, I would say even by the end of the first series, we were we're not close, but we were friends and we kept in touch. And now we're like, you know, we're like very good friends. Oh, he's, um, you know, he, he gave a speech at my fortieth birthday, and it's so, you know, if I don't live in London, but whenever I'm in London, I always. Oh bless! That's really nice that there's you know you guys keep you guys keep in touch. Yeah, go out for dinner, and he he also used to host legendary parties. Legendary did he? He Legendary New Year's Eve party that was amazing in Hampstead. That oh, that's uh, amazing stuff of legends. Is it? It's it's a bit like Jonathan Ross does the same, doesn't he, with his Halloween parties? Like it's quite known for that. Yeah, Richard's 
New Year parties were, were amazing. Yeah. Well, that's nice that, that there's there's that relationship that's still there. That's really nice to hear as a fan. I was going to ask, can you think of any scenes that were cut? Anything? Because oh I know one from the Algarve, yeah. there had to be yeah. scaled down. Look yeah, at the one time the Algarve was was about I think it was over two hours. The first cut. Um, Why can't they just keep it? I know when it's broadcast, I suppose you know. It was just You know, often you shoot stuff and you. You, everything has to earn its place and I don't think anybody wants a special really much over an hour and I think one from the Algarve was an hour and a half and I think it's I think it's a brilliant brilliant Christmas special or special but it, it, you don't want you don't want a two-hour episode of anything well I mean I I, 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 I see where you're coming from <laughs> but fans are greedy like me yeah. and uh... <laughs> yeah but in series six was there anything cut maybe if you go back to the final episode was there a storyline taken away or a, re- a reduced scene that was no, aired just for the time? Like, I don't think in a multi, you don't really have overshoot it so much because you get a very good sense of the timing as you're doing it. Yeah. So you don't overshoot the way that you do sometimes do in single cam because A, no, you're not 100% sure of how long they're going to be and B, you know, you can lift things out much easier. Um, no, there was a. I, I remember there was a whole storyline taken out of the Algarve because of the length. But I don't. Was, I might have read that. I might have read that. But can you refresh my memory? What that might have been? Again, this is 25, 26 years ago. No, but there are a couple of. I can't remember what it was, but there are a couple of things that don't really make any sense. Right. In the shots of people have got blood on. I, I can't. You know. I, Do you know there, there was a scene in. The old cab. When when the Meldrews and Mrs. Warboys, they're going to a, a fruit and veg market and it looks like they don't look like they're acting. It looks like a, a documentary part of the <laughs> film. Is, are they just there as themselves shopping? As silly as that sounds, no, it's just a little no, 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 no. That would that's just them. It looks so natural. I think it's some something to do with bandage, it's a hand bandage or a foot bandage. There was some something and I was, it was so like, when oh, Hugo yeah. punches Victor. There was a bit taken out of that moment, the boxer. Yeah, possibly, but the, I'm pretty sure there's a bandage. Is it a bandage? I don't know. It's a it's a long time since I've seen one from the Algarve, but I remember because I did continuity on that, and I remember yeah. going, "Well, this won't make any sense because we won't know why why this is happening." <laughs> um, but I can't. I know I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure that. Remember that one. What what are your top three moments of one from the grave? It can be of the whole series, but you can keep it to series six because I know that's that's probably more special um, for you because you directed it. My, top three one moments. of the biggest memories from the first series is the bees in the green in the shed when they get trapped in, and there oh, was yes. literally about twenty bees. And so I remember David was pulling his hair out. Susie was pulling, it, and it was like, "Where are all the bees? There's <laughs> there's no way that they those bees." And I think there was some digital effects weren't very good then and the idea was we could do it so but I would very specific clearly remember trying to shoot people being trapped in a shed by angry bees without with not many angry bees it looked a lot more than 20 it, did um, it? the futility of the fly there is a scene it ends at the play with the play yeah um, that is such an amazing so there's a, a great... shot there's a helicopter shot that goes over the over the pier. Over the pier, over the theatre. Yes. So I'm in a helicopter with Jeff, the cameraman, the DP. <laughs> Nobody has told me we're only supposed to 
go over the theatre, get twice. Linda Lissardi is in that theatre. Oh, was there some complaints? Well, they had to stop the play. <laughs> we just kept buzzing because I was going, well, let's go a bit close. I was having the time of my life. I'd never been in the helicopter. <laughs> I was up there. I was like, right, come on, we'll come in from the other angle. We must have buzzed that theatre about a dozen times. Apparently, we had permission to do it twice. I read that. I read that in Richard. We had to send Linda Lasardi flowers the next day. They had to, I think they had to refund the, the, the audience. They just had to stop the play. And we got in quite, I got in quite a lot of trouble for that. But I think to this day, nobody told me. If they didn't tell you, yeah, you were given permission. You were in a helicopter for the first time (laughs) in your life. You're not going to go past a theatre of one and then go, oh, let's just go back to land now. Since you mentioned futility of flying, now you're going to mention another moment. Who sent that flight? And we're not supposed to know, but in your opinion, as a fan, would that be Patrick? I have no idea who sent that flight. Ronnie uh, Mildred. I do remember a lot of discussions about how big that fly should be. Oh, right. Like, do you think it should be bigger? What's too big, what's not big enough, whether it's the right size. of, But, you know, you, there's a lot of thought goes into those sorts of things of the size of the fly. I, I just thought Annette's um, delivery of a free gift. Like, complete disbelief that Victor would even speculate it's a gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fly, yeah, I don't think we ever find out. Same way as the teeth. What were the teeth? Oh, no, we do. Oh, know that's Mr. Foskett. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's teeth. Yeah. You've got bees in the shed flying over the pier. Flying over the pier. Um, it was fun doing all the montage, I have to say. There was a lot of joy and fun and just putting Christmas on, you know, and, and yeah. you know, when do you get to have, you know, do all that? Fa- I mean, those, you know, we fake snowed everything. Because that's a bit of a strange concept. You, you, you're, you're directing a an episode of something within yeah. a world of one from the grave. Yeah, and it's so, great because all the, you know, the crew are around there and um, the script supervisor who did that series and I worked with, it was always my favourite script supervisor back then, was uh, is now dead. Uh, she died of cancer and it's just so brilliant seeing her. She's just there, yeah. the, you know, and it was such a fun, that series was so much fun to do. I, Sometimes you just, you know, this job, you just kind of can't quite believe this is what I'm doing. And yet, you know, you must, you, yeah, you must, yeah, you must pinch yourself. I mean, the dawn of man, you know, getting up at four, me and me and um, Jeff and uh, oh, brilliant operator, God, what's his name? We got up at the crack and we went out. I think it might have just been me and Jeff actually. Is that just it? Is, is that filming all the the shots? Yeah, the, the scene. The shots at the, at the at the beginning, at the, at the you know, on the on the neck. That was just such a lovely. You know, we got up and you never quite know what the weather's going to be like, and we planned this and we went out. Jeff and Ian, that seems called Ian, and um, it was just glorious. Was that a real swan? Was that an already dead swan yes. that was chucked? Oh in? no, it wasn't a really. Dead say, no. Was, uh, no. So many animal references in the show. Yeah, no animal, no 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 animal animal in the filming of it. There definitely wasn't a real cat in the freezer on the first series that got. Oh no, of course, no, yeah, that that, that's quite. But in in Dawn of Man, that the the thug puts um is having his roast dinner. That roast dinner doesn't look very appetising. That's before the maggots are poured on on top. Oh, I don't remember. If you watch that scene back and look what's on on the plate, yeah. It's the most bizarre looking roast dinner I've ever seen. I don't know if Richard. I don't know if Richard would have eaten that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a courgette on there. And... 
I'm going to have to go and look at that now. Have a look. I don't remember. Yeah. The most poignant, probably one of the most poignant moments in the whole show is in that episode with Nick Sweeney and and Margaret in the car, sort of in front of the Meldrews house. And he's really on a downer, isn't he? Because he's seen this doppelganger of his reporting on the front line in a war, war zone situation oh, yeah. and oh, he's yeah. reflecting yeah. that that's yeah. an amazing scene and yeah. again that that sort of tragedy and instant comedy because victor's attacked isn't he, in the background by the uh the guys looking around his house yes that must have been yeah. pretty pretty good to direct yes and that again that's that thing of just things happening in the back you're not you know you're letting things unfold in the yeah. frame and i love all that and david loves all that and we always had like background casting as well what we call the Disney cat. So there's always a short, stout one and a tall, thin one. And you can't go, oh, this is brilliant. I think there's a, there's a couple of the passers-by. I think one is short and stout and one is tall. And yeah. we go, oh, I, would, I, would, I was always pleased. I mean, oh, yeah, it's got some Disney Disney casting in there. Was that, when did, because I remember Owen had to wear, was in a fat suit for... Oh, yeah, and that that was Endgame, because he lost then, his mother, hadn't he? So he was... In the, in the next in the beginning of the next of the series, it was like, oh, you've lost some, you know, he's lost some weight. And that was it, never mentioned. He was in this, and there was also, I can't even remember if there was a reason he was in a fat suit. I, 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 I think it's very, it's very subtly mentioned by Victor that, you know, I think it's, um, he's lost his mother and it's surprising what, what grief does to somebody putting all that weight on. So I believe it's, yeah, he's lost his, his mum. Um, but, I, but I, what I mean is, I don't think there was a purpose in. Sh- I mean, I think it was so. There was a line that I, not, and I right, don't. I get- it, it, it was. It played out for a reason that he had to be a poor old yeah. Owen having to go. I in. But he was absolutely boiling because I didn't see. Yeah. That's probably the first time you'd, I'd personally seen an actor in a in a fat suit until yeah. L- Little Britain, which was full of seen like characters in fat suits. It seemed, yeah. but no, there was series six. I think is highly regarded i think as time passes it's just some amazing moments apart from the very final scene that uh, the very final episode sorry what i just mentioned there with nick swaney reflecting on life and you know who's he's been pushing old ladies around who's going to push me about very thought-provoking stuff yeah the ronnie mildred scene you know these characters being mentioned throughout they've been a burden to victor and margaret and then you find out mildred's been suffering with depression that no one's really david very much ahead of the time with mental health Yes, in TV. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Also, the um, the Encyclopedia of Victor's Health Medical Insight. That's David's. That's personal. David's, isn't it? That's yeah, David's he... personal book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just imagine uh, him going through that at home. You know, yes. in, in in real life, just like Victor. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. right what you know, isn't it? And David knows yeah. how he would react to certain situations and put that into. Yeah. He's also an incredibly, incredibly funny man. I mean, he is. Uh, possibly the fun one in he's definitely in the top three of funniest funny Easy. people I know. Absolutely. He he's written so much. He's written for the two Ronnies, of course. And uh yeah. yeah. One of the best sketches, the um answering the question before. And answering the question before last, and I was just trying to remember the the, the original TV show name, which has just escaped me. I'm I'm putting put myself on the spot here. Yeah. Mastermind. Mastermind, yes. Mastermind, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of yeah. Those, one of the best. Uh, that then I've got, and I did Love Soup with David as well. Love which, Soup, yeah. That that must be nice to continue working with David, sort of yeah. you know, mid two thousands yeah. onwards with that. You know, of course, Jonathan Creek alongside that as well. That so before Love, that I think Jonathan Creek, Creek and before. Love, yeah, and then and then David started directing Jonathan Creeks after that. 
I applaud you for your amazing work, Chris, and, uh, you know, how One Foot in the Grave finished, really. And and it's easily a joint favourite series. I think two, three, two and six, two, three and six, I absolutely yeah. highly regard. Yeah. When I watch series six, you got that sort of feeling, that quite a gutted feeling describing because you know it's coming to an end, but it's still full of amazing wacky storylines so just the, just the way it all came together and the way it ended was probably the right way the probably the right decision it leaves us wanting it leaves me wanting more occasionally pester david to say you know the stage play you've mentioned is there is it off yeah. the ground yet you know he does nothing that isn't good i i don't think i think i mm. think he's brilliant and of course we did having said we kill victor of course we then did a comic relief Yes, talk to me about talk to me about the comic really. Was that a bit manic to film? That was absolutely ma- ab- so manic. I can't believe that it even happened. It's like trying to shoot a multicam, yeah, in a the way you would shoot a single cam, and you know, so like uh, no, you know, not you don't. We kind of went in, had a script, and we had a load of cameras, and we didn't have very long to do it. And of course, it was the whole sixth sense thing. So you, some of it, you have to be very careful that people aren't looking at people or you think they're looking at them, but they're not. So it was it was one of those that I think the, but the pair of us nearly we were just going, oh, my God, this is this is the most difficult. I think that still might be the most, one of the most difficult things I've ever done. But it turned out all right. It I turned think, out brilliantly. So. And, and somehow, yeah. you know, even though we know at that point Victor's dead, you, you, you're buying into the fact that oh he's he's back it's really can't you just don't see it coming and it's very well, it clever before you know you don't know when it was in the idea I think we were hoping is that you think oh this was just before you know just before yeah, yeah just like a, a prequel you know, to the series yeah. Chris thank you so much for coming onto the podcast it's um oh, I'm so glad to have had a director on it's just a great insight into your time on the show and to give up your time for little old me I'm very grateful well thank you I'm very grateful actually for asking me because it meant I just went back and watched some of the old <laughs> you know the episodes and they are very 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 funny they're so and I'm, I'm in the mood to watch uh series six once again especially right. speaking with you the director so thank you right any questions just email me and I <laughs> probably won't remember but I was quite surprised to see naked women in the first episode oh I yeah of course about that. Yes. I, was like, wow, I, I think you quite, might you might get old <laughs> if people you're of course on twitter chris Gurr 21 so follow the director of one from the grave everybody and throw yeah. as many questions as you can at chris and i'm sure in good time you might be able to answer some of them yeah. uh, the, some, some i've not asked yeah the odd month like i pop back onto it <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, thanks it's Chris. A pleasure. No. Thank you very much.